Not for the not for the listener. We're going to space it out over a few weeks. But they will but never know the difference. They won't. Except had you that, not told them, right? But I like so I like this little peek behind the curtain, the curtain because yeah. there's a reason. Maybe mm. in a couple of weeks you'll find out what the reason yeah. is. But we're having to stockpile them tonight, so we're bringing out the trusty Taylor <laughs> brand. <laughs> that sounded like it might be dying. I know. There we go. The timer has started. So we are now three, four, five, and so on. Time is flying by. We are. It is. Movie Schmovie. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Movie Schmovie, by the way. I'm John. I'm Steve. I'm Ronald. And this no. is episode... What, what was that? Ronald. <laughs> oh, no, no, he forgot a moment. I did. He checked his contact card on his phone, marked as me, and he's like, I am Ronald. <laughs> I, I, I am. Hello. And this is episode 143 yes. of the, the podcast. Fuck. Get the fuck out and of here. And we're calling this one M. Night Schmovilan. Like which is... Uh, John with his titles, man. It's just, him. you know, this you know? guy... He's right. got it. That's all I know. He's got it. As long as there are puns to make, there are concepts for episodes of this show. So, <laughs> so they're basically never going to run out. But this worked out really well because there's actually a new M. Night Shyamalan, or M. Night Shyamalan, I should say. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie in theaters right now. I, d- I didn't actually see how The Visit did last week. How did it do? It did really well. I think it did really 25 well. million, which was above uh, projections. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was number one. I think it was number two, but it still was... Um, I think they only projected like upper teens, so it definitely outperformed. What was number one? The Perfect Guy. I saw that. How Did strange you? is it that at like eight movies into his career, a guy who had the sixth sense at the beginning of his career, right, now has a movie that comes out and twenty five million opening weekend is beyond expectations. Yeah. Right. We'll right. get we'll probably get into that a little bit in this episode because we're yeah. gonna be talking about the films of M. Night with a special focus on his new one, The Visit, and I guess we'll give some general thoughts and then maybe we'll get into some spoilers. Is that how we're gonna do this? Because I would like to Are talk we about spoil it? I mean yeah. we want to talk freely Shit, about his oh, movies, man. don't we? You know I, I feel talk, weird I about say it. Yes. Oh. Decide for us. Okay. okay, but how can we talk about the the oeuvre of M. Night Shyamalan without talking about the third act? The twist. The twist. The ending. The, the twist. I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. I feel like. Honestly, a lot of movies have twists, have surprises, and I think that something has happened about like kind of this group hate for him. And I don't know. It, it's it's been kind of exaggerated on top of you know a general dislike and some of the the pacing of his movies and some of the endings and all that right. stuff. But I think that there is a real big like group think thing that goes on like there are tons of shittier movies i agree well see we're just jumping on these movies and i think shittier terrible. movies perhaps but i have a i have a a, a, a statement to make that i'll probably <laughs> oh, make, make it just a couple minutes about yeah. m night Shyamalan. okay um i would say around the time of signs i started getting tired of what i saw as his shtick okay. and so i saw the village and that was the last one i saw in the theater in mm-hmm. fact it was the last one i saw at all until mm-hmm. the visit so in the last couple of days I'll just just so you guys know what I'll do for this show. I watched The Happening. I watched The Last Airbender. What? Are you doing I, this on I, purpose? I watched. <laughs> Why are you watching I, the worst I, version? I'm watching the films of the guy we're about to talk no, about. No, you're watching the worst ones. I already saw the first four. <laughs> I didn't watch the worst ones on purpose, Ronald. Right, I watched right, right. the ones I didn't go see. So I watched The Happening. Oh. I watched The Last Airbender. I watched Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. And then after I was I thought I was done, I remembered that After Earth existed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Jesus. then I watched After Earth. I watched those four films. <laughs> I I just wrote down at one point, his movies are dumb. They are. They're dumb. They are. They're well made. They're in fact sometimes beautifully shot, but they are constructed around these really contrived plots where he's doling out details at such a deliberate way. Yeah. I know what you're talking about with the pacing. Yeah. There's like a plotting pacing there is. to his films. And if you aren't interested in whatever game he's playing with whatever facts he's leaving out, it's just boring. It's not that it's not well made, and it's yeah. not that some of the actors that are in these films don't try, but I really think that somehow he he really is trapped by that idea of controlling so tightly like what the details are that are revealed and being so kind of slow about it that 
like even retroactively, I, I Unbreakable, which was a movie that I really liked. Good. After watching these films, I was like, you know, even Un- Unbreakable though had that ending that I think really sucks. Like that ending where he's walking out and you see the text come up on the screen. Yeah. So I feel like he, outside of Sixth Sense, I don't know that he has successfully sealed the deal completely. And I would even say with Unbreakable, that movie's great, but what that movie has as its quote-unquote twist is sort of a silly thing. Like the idea that he's his he's afraid of water, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's a, that's a lot to build an entire movie around, you know? I, so, so to me, it just kind of seems like he's married to this idea of having a simple concept. And I, I, part of me wants to say I admire his ability to then go and fulfill that concept but it's it's so i think the visit in the sixth it can be sense, so dull visit in the sixth sense best twist i guess if we're talking about twists the yeah. way that the it develops mm-hmm. is some of the best i've seen i don't know how you feel about the no visits. i think i think just like they are I, what i was going to talk about like i feel like one of my i actually rewatched a lot of them as well in the past couple weeks just after i saw the visit i kind of went through and watched them all again and they are stupid. They're very dumb. They're you know very simple. Yeah. But I think like one other thing I really picked up on, and I thought about it more in the visit because I think I liked it more in the visit than I did in any other film. He's a cheese ball. Yeah. Like the humor in this film, yeah. even when it's more subtle, is so cheap and just silly. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of just goes hand in hand with how simple. But in the outside rest, of the twist, but, but, the films are. But that silly humor comes in the midst of such such like deadly serious yeah, stuff that's that what it really I mean. does yeah. make them stand out. Like you, like I remember in Signs, for instance. Um, since <clears throat> we're just all over the place, uh, I remember in Signs liking some of the little comedy, the little mm-hmm. the kids with the the aluminum foil mm-hmm. hat and everything. You know that stuff was fun. The relationships between uh, uh, Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix yes. and the kids that was all pretty fun. But even Signs really contorts itself around this idea of the reveal being. That it's a flashback that gives him the idea to swing a blunt object swing away. <laughs> at, at an alien. Someone's coming and attacking him, and he's thinking, what could I do? And it's a flashback to someone saying swing away that makes him realize he yeah. can swing a blunt object at, a, at an attacker. It's just such a dumb thing to build a movie around. The yeah. stuff surrounding that wasn't that bad or wasn't that dumb. And I think that so often, if we're going to talk about this idea of the twist, I think what people don't like about the twist... I know what you're saying about the group thing. It's easy to trash him. Yeah. yeah. And it's I'm so not easy. trashing him necessarily because I do think he makes... I think there's something there's something about his eye and something about the way he shoots people's faces and their reactions that I like the sincerity of it. Yeah. It's just so... There's so little there, you know? But, like, with Signs, I remember having that feeling of being like, this was just one step too far. Like, they, they wanted to treat something as a twist that didn't need to be treated like a twist. Yeah. And I don't know if he's backed away from that. I mean, I think in The Village, it also has a twist. Yeah. Which I, I saw that one coming, which is rare. I don't usually predict twists in films. Yes. I was like, I know everything about this yeah. except for when it's set. You yeah. know? And that, that, that blank in my mind grew and grew as the film went on. But I don't know that he's actually, like, I don't know that After Earth really has a twist. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, it doesn't. I don't think I mean, sign, the late, signs really have a yeah. twist. I well, wasn't really like It wasn't a like a twist. It was a per twist. Se. It was the revealing flashback. It was, yeah. it was the, at yeah. the end. It was the swing away. The yeah. signs yeah. coming together yeah. and saving the world. Yeah. But I mean, it's that's the worst thing about the movie. The rest of it, the character stuff, the idea of the seeing the, the small family dealing with an alien yeah. invasion rather than seeing the worldwide version of it, it was like, that stuff was, was well done. And, it, and at, at that point, he was reminding me of uh, 80s era Spielberg. Spielberg. Oh my quite god! A bit. I was going to say that. Yeah. But after watching these films recently, I can say that he lacks uh, the sophistication and the the wit of Spielberg. I believe. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're talking about, Spielberg does it too. Simple stories with a little silly humor in it. But in his world, it always feels like it's set in the real world. Yeah. And I think M Night Shyamalan writes scripts that are full of lines that no human being would ever ever actually yeah, say. Absolutely. I, I agree. Absolutely. But okay, I, I have to say this before we go further into it. So. M. Night Shyamalan, while he isn't the greatest filmmaker, is a professional in the way that, like, he's in the majors, right? So, like, Kinda. I, all right, so he's been in the majors. I watch yeah, he's knocking back on the door. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, okay. No, it's probably a I successful film or two, and he'll be right back yeah. in. You're yeah. right. I don't know yeah. how many, like, shitty. You watch a lot of shitty indie horror films. Mm-hmm. You watch a lot of, sh- like, horror films in general. Yeah. And and I think in general, I've watched a lot of movies in general. We all have, and I and I will say that although his most art his, is crap, yeah, most <laughs> art is crap. And I'd say that like we're talking about a man who still is a ton better than a lot of people, but still with his talent, 
wasted on a lot of bullshit. So that is to say, that Which, is to yes, say. except the irony being that he's the guy who's writing the bullshit that his talent yeah, is wasted yeah, on. You yeah, know? Okay. That, but maybe, I, I do maybe agree maybe with you. Remove well, that you element, know, and that's what I mean though, about like, the production guess, value. He, get, he makes movies that are well made, right? And and I guess sometimes I get it I outside think, of the acting. I think it get lo- <laughs> it gets lost in the whole like, you know, they, he's made some shitty movies, but I feel as an artist watching people make things, I never want to say like his stuff. He's garbage. He's terrible mm-hmm, right. because he is still in a tier of director that is above a lot of people most. and I would, most yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay i just want to clarify no i, I think we're all in I agreement i agree with you that, that bothers worth... me when like people just kind of brush that sixth sense wasn't an easy movie to make i don't no. think i don't think that the village was a, a easy movie to make the happening was me but still the effort Going the happening little... makes me smile because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Right? It's, it's campy. It's, so, it's, it's, it's campy. campy to the point where but like it's, it's... But, but then it's not. Like I kept, I was enjoying like the first half hour of the happening. I think I, one I my, actually was enjoying one it, of but... my favorite scenes of that he's that I've ever seen him shot shoot in a film is in the happening. It's where you follow that that gun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you don't see anybody's face really. It's yeah. just all shot from like the waist down, and like it's just the co- the chorus of this one gun mm-hmm. and how quickly it happens. I I. I that was one thing I was going to mention before. Is I just think that maybe the issue is the writing portion. Like mm-hmm. he does have a vision, he does have an eye, he knows how to shoot some really, really beautiful scenes, and he may and even compose have, some scenes that are really great. He may even have like a, a knack for story, right? But yeah. he does not right. have a knack for screenwriting, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and there are definitely examples in that <clears throat> of, of that kind of scene, even if to not that effect in most of his films. Yeah. You know where there really are standout, beautifully composed and shot scenes. Um, and you mentioned earlier, like the whole Spielberg thing. When you're thinking about signs a little bit, um, and even being him being compared to that around that that era, you know, when he was putting those movies out, um, you know, in late '90s to like the mid 2000s, one of the things about signs that really stood out to me was like the slow reveal of what you actually were seeing or what they were seeing. Like the shot with Joaquin Phoenix in the closet when he finally sees it on that little TV screen. Mm-hmm. Like the quick shot of like the alien. Oh, so creepy. You know, like super, super effective shot. And it totally just reminds me right. of, the, you know, something like Jaws. You know what I mean? Like you didn't see it forever. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's definitely something. Yeah, something. He ha- yeah. Like, like it's what you're getting at. Like he's definitely... He's struck out a lot recently, and he's gotten a lot of criticism recently. And I've never really acknowledged that, like, I definitely fell off of his wagon after probably yeah. the happening, which most people, that's probably where the exit did. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I apologized for him a lot. Like, I feel like I liked the village more than most people did. And I even, I you like know, some too. of the, you know, some of the stuff in the happening I liked, but it was very stupid. But <laughs> I just, it's interesting to see how, how the cycle is, though, because. I think a part of the problem with him is that he's extremely controlling and he's extremely like egotistical from right. anything you've ever read. Right. Like if you've ever there, I oh, t- we'll talk about Lady in the Water. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I read I, I've read a portion of the Man Who Heard Voices that that mm-hmm. book that came out around that time, and just reading the parts that I've read about that, like it just explains so much to me about why he is so or wants to be so hands on, which is interesting because this film, The Visit. Is a is the the same example of it? Like he just basically built his own little bubble and made this movie mm-hmm. for five million dollars, and it may end up being, depending on how it does with word of mouth, it may end up being for its dollar one of his most profitable films. Oh sure, because of that, yeah. it's already made six times its budget. You know, so that's that's, that's big. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting that like it didn't work with a big studio, so now he's kind of approaching it from a different angle where he still has the control he wants, but he's like, I'm gonna make the movie on my own. For five million dollars, mm-hmm. and it's you know, and they sell it to Blumhouse, and you know, they put the movie at Universal, puts the movie out, and it's it's successful. I mean, like you you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's weird to say twenty five million. You know, when you're talking about a guy that w- was like the next big thing yeah. for a, for a run of like three to four films, depending how you view it, and it just went away for like almost ten years. Mm-hmm. He's been popping up here and there, like he's had. Credits on that film Devil that came out a few years ago. He's involved with Wayward Pines. You know, he's I wanted, kind of time to, I wanted to, to watch in. Devil, but I, I, I actually I watched it again for this it. episode, and I I mean, he did the story for it. I yeah. don't think he wrote the screenplay. Right. It's a good example of maybe something that would benefit it, but it's a pretty effective little horror film. But it's just interesting to me, like that's all I kept coming back to thinking about this episode was that somebody who's very controlling, it didn't work. You know, in the studio system up mm-hmm. towards the end, you know, I think he lost control of movies and like 
the studio took movies away from him and like put out products like After Earth, like he's noted that like that movie is not the movie that, or a lot of that movie is not the movie that he shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting. I, I want to say partially it's kind of cool to me that somebody would have the balls to be like, all right, well, that didn't work, but I'm going to still do it myself. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of worked. You know, like right. the movie has gotten pretty good reviews and it's doing well. It's very interesting to see like what it does this weekend and, you know, the weeks to come, especially going into the Halloween and if it has like a little bit of a resurgence, if it can stay in theaters that long. Because, um... Well, I mean, it, it, has, its, it has its kind of kind of goofy aspects too but it has a couple of three really solid as a horror movie buff yeah and as just a movie fan it had a couple of really solid scenes beats jolts whatever you want to call them yeah like you don't want well you don't really know what his opinion is of certain things because of what we said about him being kind of cheesy Mm -hmm. and and maybe not quite like his humor being kind of corny like the little boy in that in the visit is a is fancies himself to be a a, a, a rapper, you know, yeah. and I couldn't tell if I was supposed to be finding him funny or horrible, or funny in a horrible way, or horrible in a funny way, or actually kind of good for a cheesy little nerdy kid. I didn't know, but I felt like that gag of him rapping, it 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 made me cringe at a couple of points. Yeah, I kind of chuckled a couple times when it seemed like the joke was on him, but then when they kept coming back to it, I thought, does M Night think this is like a hip? thing to have the kid doing i don't know you know that's the kind of thing that tonally you just don't know what he's trying to do sometimes i think he thinks it's funny right but does he he think it's cool or does he just think it's funny i think he thinks it's a little of both though those two characters are so hard to watch sometimes that it it it's it's surprising that i like the movie that that's what i was thinking about the the how do you think they did as actors though how do you think the young actors were okay visit I don't know how you guys feel, but I, in general, hate kid actors. Oh, I hate kid I actors. I get nervous whenever a movie is hanging too much on a kid. Yeah. I have been really impressed by certain child actors, but but, but in general, uh, I, I do the same thing. I kind of tense up if yeah. I know a movie is going to be depending on a child actor too much. I thought these kids pretty much carried the movie in a way that I, I wasn't expecting. I didn't dislike them. I disliked they, who they were in the stories, but mm-hmm. they were supposed to be young kids. Yeah, they did a good suffering. job with the material for sure. Yeah, they did. They, they're suffering, you know. They're mm-hmm. expressing themselves in their ways. Like uh, I thought it was really. What were int- the characters' names again? Do you remember? Mm, no. It seems like we should have that. But the story of the visit <laughs> is two kids who are going to spend a week with their estranged grandparents, right, who yeah. their mother has not has not spoken to for years, and we don't really know why. Right. And in fact, the mother doesn't even really go with them to see the parents or anything. She just puts them on a train, and then she goes off on a cruise with her boyfriend. And, um, you know, that, that has that kind of Spielberg-y feeling, the way that, like, in E.T., it's a single mom with kids, and there's this, it's like a stressful situation, and everybody's kind of, everybody's kind of doing what they can. Yeah. I, I do feel like, I do feel like the opening of the film, it kind of eased me into it. Like, I believed the characters, even if I found them kind of annoying, I yeah, did sort of believe the characters. Definitely. So the, the story of the movie is basically, it's set up like a documentary that the older kid, who's the daughter... Becca that, and Tyler. Becca and Tyler. So Becca it, fancies herself to be a documentarian, and she's serious about film, and so she's shooting this documentary. So to call it found footage is not quite accurate, because right. the movie really presents itself as though this is the finished documentary that Becca made. Right. Because, you know, even right up to the ending. Um, but... I felt like that was kind of clever in a way because it just gave you an excuse to say we're going to do the first person uh, shooting the movie style movie, but we're going to have some of the shots be well composed. Right. And the way they did that was by saying, "Oh, she's thinking about these things. She's serious about film." Yeah. That was kind of clever. Yes. But I, the one thing I'll say about that right off the bat, since we're talking about those characters in that aspect, is I thought about the movie if it weren't a found footage or first person narrator film where the where the you know by the way if anyone's listening and they don't know what we mean by that that just means that the character is running around with a camera shooting the events of the movie Mm. if you didn't do it that way and shot it as a straight movie it would have lost nothing nothing about it depended on her being a documentarian and shooting anything it didn't like there wasn't even the scares would have been just fine if there had been a camera that was tracking them like there's a scene where they do hide and seek and if that if that had been a a roving camera instead of a person with a camera, it wouldn't have affected the scares really at all. So in my mind, I don't really know why this movie was uh, shot that way. I don't know what the concept was. Maybe it's a way to make a movie cheaper. Maybe it gets you out of certain situations where you can you can have camera work that's more handheld and you can kind of get in, get away with that. But I don't know what the movie gained outside of the character of Becca being a documentarian. I don't know what it gained from from that structure. I was gonna say that. Since Tyler was such an outspoken character, and she wasn't, 
-hmm. think that was a way to develop her character through her effort to kind of follow, yeah, capture that stuff. Because she didn't really talk that much outside of the to the camera, to the camera, and her response to her brother with the camera. And I think that that was the device to develop her character. Do you need that device? Do you you know what I mean? I don't think you need it, but it it. It worked for her. I mean, I, I, I mean, was... like I said, I was I was buying the idea that she was sh- trying to shoot a documentary. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, but I just the, what I the more I thought about it is like you know I don't like that trend. I guess that's the other thing is I really think it's yeah, it's, it's like it's I've come to accept it, especially in horror films that many movies are just going to be shot that way. But I just find it to be uh, like <laughs> it's rare that anybody makes it work, and this movie definitely crossed the line for me several times of you wouldn't keep filming here you wouldn't keep filming here you mm-hmm. would you know what i mean like I, I i think that is the main thing is that at some point anybody would put the camera down and run yeah. right instead of trying to still film and i know that that's a maybe a gag that like that they're presenting the character as kind of being addicted to filming what's going on yeah. but you know what i'm saying i just don't Absolutely. know that like to me that is a that is a mark against it that it didn't need because i think that the the scares the jolts as they play out would have been fine and I, th- I again back to what I said earlier about his movies being dumb I didn't mean that to be like a, a general a sweeping generalization I'm actually talking about the level of complexity that's going on in the stories you know, right that, right so and this story is uh, maybe the best one of the best things about it is maybe it's odd to say that he after doing these giant movies that he would be so suited to doing like a quick and easy horror film but the simplicity of it really works yeah. for this film it's a little bit of a slow burn but there's enough little things that punctuate it that I never really felt bored I do think it's a fun time at the movies. Maybe it's more fun than it is good, if that makes any sense. Like, I enjoyed watching it, and half the time you're kind of groaning with it and kind of laughing at it, and then the other half of the time you're going, oh, I didn't expect them to to get me like that, or I didn't expect that old lady to have a nice ass. L- little things like that, you know? It's a matter of yes, opinion. Yes, seriously. <laughs> seriously. That was, for me, that was such a shocker. But yeah, I thought it, I thought it was... One thing I did not like was how the scares were kind of cut short, mm. and and next day and like I I sometimes I would wonder what would have played out, and then they went to the next day. I, I, that was strange to me. I, I don't understand what happened. Yeah, it, and it kind happened of like a, twice. It happened like it just what, comes on screen like yeah, Thursday like morning. Thursday, something yeah. would happen whoa, that you would whoa, think whoa. something had to happen after that or right. because of that. Right? And they didn't say anything about what happened after that point. Yeah. They didn't mention. Yeah, it. I guess like. I definitely can see that. I can I can agree with that. I just feel like maybe maybe me just writing it off was just maybe like a conscious decision to say like don't expect that. Yeah, right. You know, like by throwing your expectation, I'm not trying to give him too much credit here, but by throwing your expectation off, you know, and not seeing that scene play out, like maybe that maybe the next scene would play out, and you're like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting it because I guess it's just cutting away from these things. Yeah, you know, almost just like kind of rattle you a little bit, so Mm. maybe you're not you're not waiting for the scene to play out. You're more so just looking for when the scene could possibly even hit. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking because I actually saw it twice, and I don't know, like after I definitely enjoyed the movie more the second time. The first time I saw it. Some of the things that we've been talking about, like some of the stuff with the kids bothered me a little more. Um, but the second time I liked it, I actually really liked, he's, he's annoying as all hell, but I liked the, the Tyler character oh. much more the second time. How I old mean, he supposed to be? 12, 13? Yeah, yeah. Weren't yeah. you annoying as fuck when you were 12 or 13? I was so I'm annoying. sure. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> like, I know I no was. Doubt. I know I was. No so doubt. That, that's what I mean. I think he's a believable obnoxious kid yeah you know absolutely and you do sort of feel for it like as the movie goes along you realize you don't want to see anything bad happen to these kids and as we're talking about it i'm thinking maybe some of that these kids are trapped in this situation has to do with the fact that they're just kids yeah that they're staying out of house and that even though they're filming freaky shit and what we're seeing is selected we're seeing becca's finished movie right yeah so we're seeing the selected moments that tell the story in between there probably was a lot of boredom sure and it didn't really feel like they were being kept unnaturally against their will i feel like the last act gets a little mushy there's a point where it really seems like they're gonna go for it and then they're back and they're playing parcheesi and that's the climax and then from that point on it's rolling but but you know but there's a point where it's like you're kind of going like I don't want people to think that the climax of this film is a parcheesi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, it, well, that's it's one of the, my favorite yeah. scenes. Actually, yeah, it spirals yeah, out great, from that when, when the when the, like the girl is like correcting the grandfather. Yeah, yeah. and the little boy's like, "I'm having so much fun!" Yeah. Like, just <laughs> a distra- I was like, "Oh, dude, love that kid." Yeah. Oh, 
No, you're right though. I think I think it's a little slack. I but, think you're I think you're absolutely. But don't right. you think horror yes. films in general have a hard time? Like one of my favorite horror films that uh, of recent years is The Strangers, and I think oh, I think God, I love that but movie. But I think coming out of the second act into the third, that movie even has yeah. a dead spot where right. it's like, well, the killers pretty much have the, the drop on these people, and they're just toying with them, and now we're just gonna watch them try to escape, but we don't really believe they're going to escape. You know, yeah, right. I feel like most horror movies, the really good ones, find some way not to do that. But that this movie fits in with the visit fits in as a decent horror film. Yeah, and yeah. what you said about watching it the second time and not being so annoying, I wonder if the first time you wonder, are there going to be like 50 scenes of him rapping? Or right. you wonder, are there going to yeah. be like 20 scenes of her looking at the camera and being this cheesy film buff or whatever? Because right. you can feel M. Night Shyamalan, his dialogue, you can feel him putting his thoughts, his words, his his self into people's mouths. That sounds wrong. Um, these are children. Um, but, uh, but, but I do think second time through, you relax a little bit. And I even think yeah. something like The Happening, watching it the second yeah. time, I would be like, oh, watch this part. Yeah, oh, get yeah. this. This yeah. is great. You know, yeah, yeah. But... but not to leave the visit entirely. In general, I think we're all saying we liked this film. Yeah, and we would rank I, it among I, we would rank it among his better films. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Actually, I would recommend mm-hmm. it. And I would happily watch it again. Yeah, because it it is kind of like that thing where I'm just like, I want somebody to watch it with me because I feel like it's that kind of oh, enjoyment yeah, a of a, that yeah. kind of you know like those kinds of movies that you watch. Like you just said, oh, here, watch this part. Yeah. yeah, you know, you just or watch you, them watch that part. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like you just kind of you pick up on somebody else's experience. Like even because when we saw it together, I had a whole bunch of friends there with us, Love and just it. wanting them to watch it together. It's that exactly. kind of movie to me. But yeah, I would agree. I mean, I definitely would put it up there with some of his. You know some of his best work, yeah, for sure. Well, what are we calling his best work at this point? Obviously, Sixth Sense is Sixth something Sense special. Is, Sixth Sense to me is his best work, right? So I have a pet peeve of all of the movies that's actually bigger than the twist. It's it's way more it's way more way more annoying. bigger. <laughs> no, it's way more annoying. Okay, than no, I the just twist, like... and that is the lesson. Oh yeah, I fucking hate what he does, man. I it it drives me mad. It's like the happening. Treat the earth well. Yeah. Or, or, or like the lady in the water. Everybody has to work together to get a task done. But they almost they almost say it bluntly in the movie in a way that's it's, so, yeah, it's so fucking cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, so heavy handed. And this one is the worst oh, man. of them all. It's, it is the worst of them all. What? So, what? The, the visit? The visits. Uh-oh. Bless him. The, well, Uh-oh. it's that scene... Oh. Well, okay. Here's where we're getting Go spoilery. It. Just do it. It's the, well, but I still think you know. If it's you're actually li- after everything right, that happened. I, I will say, if anybody's listening and they're worried, I think we may have been able to sidestep the yeah. big spoiler from Seriously. this film. So sure. we've done it. We've sure. sidestepped. So to your point, we were able to do it. We're but what we're about it. to say is a structural spoiler, but not a plot spoiler. Okay. I would say. But there's a beat at the end that Oof. comes in after the action has resolved. That if that if it had gone to black. Before that, I would have walked out going, oh. I mean, at least it would have retained a certain amount of... I mean, it went down a half a letter grade or whatever by virtue of coming back around to the mom the book and hearing the story and also tagging the emotional through line and the reason I got so excited about this point is because of what you just said Ronald that through line (laughs) with the daughter it's like the moment earlier in the film where she says something about her father you don't you think well that's character development but when you see at the end you're like no they were setting up the last shot and I think that he does a lot of things in his movies that are very very mechanical like that Mm -hmm. where a character says to someone well it's like swing away Absolutely. Swing away, swing away. You hear it a few times, and yeah. then he swings a bat at the end. It's like in the first scene, someone says, you're never on time, that's your problem. <laughs> and you know that's going to be an issue later yeah. in the film, that that person's never yes. on time. In The Happening, uh, Zoe Deschanel, uh, John Leguizamo, says of her to Mark Wahlberg, who, let's let's reserve some time to talk about the performance of Mark Wahlberg. We've talked about that before. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen it before, though, so this yeah, is all th- fresh. Th- that was one of my picks for the dumbest characters. What? <laughs> no! Um, but, like, John Leguizamo knows that Mark Wahlberg is having problems with his wife. And he says, she's never going to jump in for you. You know that. And I honestly was watching the whole movie going, when is she going to literally have to jump into something <laughs> to save Mark Wahlberg? Right. It didn't happen, but I, that's the way he works. I was thinking... You're expecting it. She's yeah. literally going to have to jump. And there's going to be a point where he says, Absolutely. jump. And she's, you know, will she jump? You know, but... He's like that. But uh, <laughs> given that thing about the lessons, like, what do you think that is? Is it just connected to the sincerity that we're talking about? That, like, he means it, but it's the ego underneath it that makes it oh, not... Oh, it's... But, but, it's but, but, that he knows he can deliver it. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. ego that makes it not heartwarming or sappy and instead makes it kind of overbearing. There's something about that that medium shot, the music underneath it, and somebody describing 
how how they've learned their lesson yeah. that he fucking loves, man. Yeah. It bothers the shit out of yeah. me. You know, it's, it's even in now that I'm thinking about it, it's even in Devil. If it you think is. about the end, like the it, reveal in Devil about who is what in the elevator, yeah. <laughs> that the character, the main yes. guy, yeah. like there's it's a whole flashback revelation, it's in and, everything. It, and it, it's explained in that whole thing. It, there's it a lot happens, of it happens the same way. Now that I'm thinking about that, he didn't shot, write that script, but the story. Shot, they're like, I, yeah, I, I have to do. The, I have to. I have to. I have to uh, accept this, and yeah. I have to atone for this, and I have to take my punishment, or whatever yeah. the fuck he says. Like, love, you, love your family. That's yeah, what you got to yeah. do. Because you never know when they're going to go. Yeah. They could die at any moment. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. You could, <laughs> you could have this unravel in a more subtle way. Right. That's my you issue. You can trust your audience. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's yes. it. That's it. I was going to say the same thing. I think, mm-hmm. I think that he believes... That American audiences are so dumb. <laughs> I think we're audiences. Well, you you went the pirate route. I'm yeah. a, that we're sort of like half-assed artists, but we also oh, watch a lot of movies. Oh, okay. We're audiences. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that we have to have things kind of <laughs> compartmentalized <laughs> and then opened up a box at a time yeah. to explain things to us like we're dumb. When subtlety is kind of a good way to... But do. not for somebody who is like an egomaniac. Right. Because no. he cannot deal with you leaving the theater <laughs> not getting the right. point of his movie. Like, look, okay, like There's a it. chance that Ronald's not going to understand yeah. that, you know, whatever. you got to forgive people. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, so I want to make sure Ronald knows... <laughs> Tomorrow, somebody does him wrong, he better forgive them. Right, right, right. He so has to, he has to say it. So he, he does. so he has an attention to craft. Yeah. Right? He makes things that come out really well made, but they are suffused with a little bit too much of his ego and yeah. the sincerity surrounding that is a little noxious. Yeah. He's, the, he's the Kanye West of film. He is. <laughs> so much so that I think on Christmas, wow. he like he has gifts. He gives it to his kids. He's like, hey, there's an Xbox in there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just wanted to... In case you opened it and didn't recognize it, was a... <laughs> yeah. that's it. Right. It's a yeah. shape of one. So. I just didn't think the people in the next room were going to hear what I got you. He's like that. He's that guy. He's, He's that the guy. Kanye West, though. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, like oh, it's, he does, it's not like he doesn't mean it. Like yeah, yeah. You know Kanye so bucks me, but whenever right. I see his face, I'm like, this dude means it. <laughs> he He's hurting. <laughs> He's sweating. He's hurting to tell you this. <laughs> And so let's talk a little bit about M. Night on screen. We didn't really talk about him except in passing. I, I had him on my director's list. Yeah. But I mean, I I had not seen his, his largest role, shall we say, in any of his films, uh, in any of his films, uh, until I recently saw Lady in the Water. Yeah. Which, by the way, in terms of acting in that film, Paul Giamatti is trying so hard. Yeah. He, he does. He almost does it. But have, did, did you see that recently? Yes. I haven't okay. seen it at all. Has he ever seen someone with an actual stutter? But I don't know. Was that M. Night saying, yeah, that's how someone stutters? <laughs> yes. Or was that Paul Giamatti, who I do think is a pretty good actor, who goes there? Like, was that just him trying to bring something to it? But anyway, it's not a very realistic stutter. But yeah, so Lady in the Water, you saw it. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. I saw it in the movies. Okay. How obnoxious is it that not only does he cast himself <laughs> as the writer who's writing a book that's going to change the world, save the world, save the world, yeah. yes, pardon me, but he also writes a film critic. As essentially the villain of the piece. Yeah, I, love I mean, that. I mean, we have a wolf made of grass in this film. We have weird eagles, and we have like monkeys, monkeys that are also made of grass yeah. <laughs> and sticks. And and yet, the worst <laughs> being in the picture is a film critic who he. It's just such a thinly veiled um, thing. It's not to very do. thin. Well, no, but I'm well. It's barely there. <laughs> but like when he sh- when that character shows up. And by the way, I like Bob Balaban yeah. who plays the critic. When he shows up. And he says, what do you do? Paul Giamatti says to him, "What he, the most involved superintendent ever, going around, showing him around, introducing him to people yeah. as he walks him to his apartment, everything. Good man. Um, uh, and yet when screaming and yelling is happening outside, uh, like at 7 p.m. around the pool, nobody comes out. Yeah. Like the first half of the movie, he's the only one like running around <laughs> yelling around the pool. But I, I digress. Bob Balaban plays this guy who when we find out, you can just feel like he's stepping into the darkness. He's like, what do you do? And he says... The, this I don't know that this ever happens. That the local they brought him. He said they flew me out to be the local book and m- movie critic. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No. Nobody flies you out to be a, a local book and movie critic. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't exist. M Night Shyamalan has never met a person. <laughs> you know, but then later in the film we see that it's not just that the critic is a critic and that he's like a spoil sport and a bit negative, which I can appreciate the gag of that. Yeah. He's like 
wrongheaded in terms of how sure he is of what he knows, and that turns out to be his undoing, that shows such an egotistical understanding of what critics are and do. I mean, I know we've been yeah. back and forth about critics, but I think a good critic, like there is an art to critiquing. There is an art to bringing up themes and to pointing out things that maybe even the author didn't intend, but that resonate in a work. And what we do is not quite criticism, but we, you know, I can't knock critics too much when what we do is let's dig deep into someone else's creation and talk about it. I just found that to be, if you wanted to have a critic be kind of a villain in your piece, you could do a more sophisticated version of that. Yeah. But instead, he really seems like it's as transparent as like a 10-year-old kid uh, trying to trying to make fun of somebody or yeah. something. It's just not just a very mature statement at all. Like, and, right. this is how you talk. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And then later when we see what happens with the critic, his ego and his... I mean, he's just reacting to the situation that he's in like no human being would ever react, not because that's what that character would do, but because that's M. Night from, has yeah. a point he wants to make. You yeah. know? That's how he wants it to be. And in his mind, critics, if they don't get his films, they're wrong. It's not that his films could have any flaw. Yeah. It's that, it's oh, that they're wrong. So. His acting, his acting reminds me of like, it, all right. So Philip Seymour Hoffman has this thing to some of his roles where he seems kind of nonchalant, mm-hmm. but like the Bizarro World version of that, that's like the worst version of that nonchalant. Like he ran ten miles and then he came back and they're like, action, and then he started acting. He's very like about everything. M Night Shyamalan is, I really don't like him in his in movies. I I don't really like. He seems very like unimpressed with... it's completely unnecessary yeah. yeah there's far better talent and at that time in his career that was the worst thing to possibly do is to yeah, like yeah. cast right. the a, a, a pivotal role in the film yourself like yeah. who like who does that i mean why yeah. do that when you're and that's almost like the peak of his criticism you know that and airbender like that's how everybody felt about him like that 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 the, the critic character i mean he's aware of it yeah he's not an idiot you know he's mm-hmm. aware of it it's just like you just like pour fuel in the fire by putting yourself in that role right. and making those statements in the film. Not to mention that that movie, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the film overall, but no. the myth making through the whole story, like the, I love the whole fairy tale thing. Like I can get the story it starts as a children's story that he told his daughter or you know, something I read in an interview and it just expands into this big narrative that he thought worked. But the the movie itself, the narrative of the film, the way they s- just kind of spell out the story is like so dumb to me. Yeah. Like the one character in the in the, uh, the the daughter, the Asian daughter, who like basically is like, oh, there's also a part that <laughs> that tells me this, right? and like it's that that's what advances this story is yeah. the one character who just happens to have a mother who knows this story. You know that just randomly through the movie. We should we should back drips, up a little bit. And if people aren't familiar with this film, there's a there's a cast of an international cast of characters that all live in the apartment building that Paul Giamatti is the superintendent for. And yeah, there's an Asian girl who he is friends with and who loans him books and he has this relationship with. And then, yeah, he asks her a few questions about this strange thing that's going on with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, the most passive uh, focal character of a film ever, maybe? (laughs) Uh, But Story. Her name is Story. story. Oh, boy. You know, good naming right there. I quit. There it is. I quit. I quit quit movies. She's named Story. Um, But, like, um, yeah, I told my friend, I mentioned that I didn't like this film, and I said I deserve, based on his uh, accounting, I deserve to be eaten by a scrunt. Yeah, there you go. Because Ah, of... But, um... But yeah, so like that story that unfolds, there is something, again, in that Spielbergian vein, it feels like it could have been, back to what we were talking about last time, it feels like it could have been an episode of Amazing Stories or one of those Amblin films of the 80s. I don't mind the structure of it. I don't mind that it's a sincere film about stories and how important they are. And I don't mind that it's all about the people in the apartment building kind of uniting to this multicultural group uniting to solve this problem. I don't mind that at all. You know, hey... It reminds me of Batteries Not Included, which there we also go. discussed last week, or in the, the last episode. But, um, yeah, it's just the way that he pulls it off is so... I mean, back to the analogy I made, that's like Kanye singing Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that. Putting himself oh, in that yeah. film is like just... You're, you're, you're asking for... It's Every now and then I ask my son, do you want bad attention right now? Is that what you want? Because yeah. you're, you're not getting the kind of attention you want. You're getting the kind of attention you don't want. That's if I was M Night Shyamalan's parent. That's what I would have called him up and said, "Son, <laughs> do you want bad attention? You're asking for bad attention right now." Um, you know, and yeah, something about seeing his face on the screen and seeing him in that role really, really pissed me off. <laughs> 
And it distracted me from the fact that After Earth and uh, The Last Airbender are mediocre to to poor films in some ways, but they're not they're they're not suffused with the factors that we're talking about right now. Those feel right like now. his Hollywood workman phase yeah mm-hmm. you know it feels like that's him working in that studio system yep. i mean last airbender is not particularly well acted or particularly well written but it still has a, no. a little bit of world building that's kind of interesting i'm sure that's all from the cartoon which i'm to understand is great a lot of people have told me i should show it to my kid but um there's something about that film that just feels like a it's like i don't know how it exists it's just a very strange thing to see his style his kind of pacing brought into this world because all the people still have that still to delivery and those lines that no one would ever say, and yet it's in this fantasy realm. And then After Earth, it's the sci-fi version of that. Right. Yeah. Do they actually say After Earth in the movie? That's what I was trying to figure out. I think Will they Smith say, has a tendency to say the title of the movie. I think in they the say movie. something close because I do remember them saying. I don't think they actually said because it's like there, but there's one line where he says, "This is Earth," okay. and he tosses it off. And I remember from the trailers thinking that was the twist of this film. And then I realized, okay, the movie doesn't really After Earth doesn't really have a twist, but it does suffer from. I think at the time we were comparing it a lot to Oblivion because it came out around oh, the same yeah. time. Um, and and so it was the second or third sci-fi film ever, <laughs> ever made. made. Yeah. Ever made. Hey, Thundergrunt listeners, that's an inside joke. <laughs> that goes back to last year. But um, uh, So it's like, I think it suffered then. Like It looked like, the, oh, this is the worst of the two Scientology-based <laughs> science yeah. fiction films coming out. But it's just kind of a bland film in a lot of ways. Like It had a few visuals that were kind of neat. Is he a Scientologist? Will Smith is. No, no. I know he is. Is uh, M. Night? No, I don't think so. That would make sense. Yeah, though. it would make sense because of the, the element in the visit that was heavily... Didn't you see Lady in the Water? He's the oracle or something of yeah. his own religion. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. There, I, I would buy it if he was. Yeah. No, would you too. would. Because there is something kind of detached about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... It, I don't know, man. Last Airbender is really hard for me to watch. Well, you know what's weird about that is just how whitewashed the leads are. That it's like a movie. I don't know if the cartoon, if they're if they're actually Asian characters or if they're sort of post-racial, but the themes of that being so obviously inspired by by Asian culture and Asian mm-hmm. storytelling, it's really strange that the three leads are white kids, yeah. and then that all the other people are these various ethnic roles. But I don't know if that reflects the cartoon. I mean, that's a problem a lot of movies have. But it's strange again to see a an ethnic director being. You know, committing that particular sin, which is which a lot of movies do. Yeah. But what's also weird about Last Airbender is how much it ends with a "Hey, the sequel's coming, folks." Yeah. And it's has there ever been any buzz about? No. no. Okay. I'm so glad. No. Because I thought that movie was it. The trailer looked pretty decent. I mean, I was like, okay, well, I'll yeah. see what he does with this. And then it it was really hard to watch. No, it lost money. Oh, jeez. I think it's got like a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes, too. <laughs> Does it really? Oh, wow. Oh, God. That's a good thing to look at. But I think actually. the fans were furious with oh, it because, of, because yeah. the property was really well-liked yeah. and, oh, yeah, and yeah. because of the whitewashing of the characters. Yeah. I think that... I'm, I'm, I'm a little afraid of what's going to happen with Akira, too, which isn't related to M. Night, but... They're taking so, that... They're making a trilogy yeah, or something? Yeah. Supposedly Christopher Nolan's attached to it, and... I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, before we wrap it up, I guess we're 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 uh, we're giving you the the thumbs up. We're giving you the go ahead yeah, on, see, on the visit. See the visit, please. And I don't know that we're going to go through and give individual ratings to all of his movies, but I don't know. Did everyone else make like a list, like top to bottom of his films? Did anyone else do that? Because I kind of ranked them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. This is this is the uh, as of this afternoon. Okay. The rankings. Um, Six cents. Being the top. Yep. Unbreakable. The Visit. The Village. Signs. The Happening. After Earth. The Last Airbender. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think I actually might have the same thing. So what about you, Ronald? What would be your... Uh, the last one would be The Happening. Okay. Uh, and then Lady in the Water. Uh, then the Oh, shit, vill- yeah. Lady in the Water, I think, might actually be the worst for me. I didn't put I gotcha. that on the list, but that might be the worst. Then The Village. Uh, then Signs. Unbreakable. Then the village. I mean the visit. <laughs> then Sixth Sense. Yeah, so that's very similar. Like yeah. you switched out Signs in the village, and you switched out Unbreakable in the visit. Yeah, I had Sixth Sense. I, I I actually really like Signs. I had Sixth Sense, Signs, the visit, Unbreakable, village, happening, Lady in the water, After Earth, Airbender. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I mean, it's pretty obvious what yeah. his his 
What is garbage? His top four, I feel like, is pretty consistent anybody would select. Even in his crappier movies, though, I do admire... There is something... The ending is not always, like, the big Hollywood ending. I give him credit for having out, you know, in most cases, it goes to black at a point that is like emotionally resonant or a shot that, you know, he thought this is the shot that sums it up. But it's not usually like everyone's hugging. Yeah. You know, he doesn't go for the bland, happy ending necessarily. Even Lady in the Water, which has a kind of fantasy fairy tale sort of happy ending vibe to it. The last shot is actually a really kind of artful. You're looking up through the water at something that's happening. So I think as a visual stylist, he's never really let go of whatever made that Sixth Sense, whatever made that seem like it was such a unique new voice. But I remember at the time people saying flat out, this guy could be the next Spielberg. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what people wanted him to be. The guy who could do they it all. They needed yeah. him to be. But even Spielberg didn't write screenplays for his movies. You know? That's true. Yeah. He did but story maybe, maybe by he's him. Maybe he doesn't have as much pride as M. Night. Yeah, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah but th- that's my big takeaway when we were looking at all this stuff, and or at least I was. Is that for all that we've said, I, I do. There's definitely like a handful of scenes in, a, in, in his films that mm-hmm. really stand out to me as being just gorgeous. You know, even in like the village, whatever. Uh, I was remembering like the scene when he first like goes in to grab her hand. It's like in slow motion, and you see like the thing, the hood behind him. Oh yeah, beautiful shot. I mean, yeah. it's in the trailer, but I mean, in this, in the context of the scene, I think it's gorgeous and it's so well set up. Yeah, but um. What are some of your favorite scenes yeah, or like shots any scenes or moments? stand out to you guys from any of his films? Ah, uh, man. Brain. Nothing jumping out at you? Brain fart. Really? What about you, John? Anything? I Think love, about it. I love okay. the uh, scene in Unbreakable where he's working out and he's learning. He's got super strength in the basement. And his son is yeah. watching him and he keeps adding weight. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, that That's talk a about scene. Spielberg. It's like the music is swelling. It's heartwarming. It's father son. But there's this weird element of let's try more. Let's try more. I don't know one the, when the two characters lock in, you know. And I also uh, you mentioned the village. It's got some really great visuals in it. The stabbing, in oh the village yeah, is one of the creepiest oh, yeah. scenes with like, Adrian like, Brody, like daylight. Close, like up. murder yep. happening in the daytime, like coming home for lunch and checking your mail, and that being when you get killed or something. To yeah. me, is like such a scary notion because we're so used to seeing horror at night. Yeah. But like a person that you know walking up to you in the middle of the day and just stabbing you in the gut, uh, and then getting on top of you and stabbing you. Yeah. Again. But like the way the camera realizes what's going on, like the same way the character does, kind of in that moment, is so like it's it's filmmaking and it's very emotional and it's creepy. Mm. And I think that at his best, he can do that. He That's can juggle point. a lot of different things. What what for, what about for you? Anything? Lawnmower no, no, running someone up. over. Oh, um, who? Lawnmower running someone over. <laughs> oh. I, I just, the hap- no, that's brutal. The happening gets credit for being brutal. I thought that was so even cool. the, even the opening of the happening like, yeah. that was in all the teasers of people yeah. just falling off the buildings. Oh my yeah. god, that's oh, fucking the, creepy. The, the foreman of really like cool, the construction man. crew yeah. and the guys and he's like falling. looking up yeah. and he's just like you can see the the, the fear yeah. and like slash wonder in his eye like mm-hmm. it's just well the happening that, is, a, a... Is, is a pretty creepy concept that no one had really tried and now I worry that no one will ever really try it yeah. but that notion of nature striking back in ways that we don't predict is creepy but what's stupid is the notion that you can run across a field and outrun the wind <laughs> that's what's happening there's a middle section where people are running away from movie. the wind <laughs> that movie is so much it's fun crazy. to watch it's like an episode of uh, it's almost yeah. a you were warned you know what I mean yeah, it's almost worth that just, needs to be yeah. maybe we uh, can do a whole thing on that maybe uh, because Mark Wahlberg God, when he, he's in that office and he's talking to the plan he's like <laughs> like basically apologizing like go tell your friends like yeah. tell, your, tell your friends that like we didn't mean it mm-hmm. kind of thing it's just like the well, that see, I find that funny. Maybe in the way it was intended to be funny, though. I don't. I guess I don't know because I mean, that was intended to be funny. Because then he realized it's a plastic plant. But then so much was not right. Well, so, I'm wondering. Like, imagine that scene though with Sam Rockwell instead of Mark oh Wahlberg. God, it would have probably been hilarious. Oh, you know? it'd been great. Yeah. It'd been great. So I do I think that he Mark I, Wahlberg. Yeah, that, I can't but, tell. I can't tell if he is one of the best <laughs> actors right now or the absolute worst. I think that he's bullied his way. Into these roles, man. He he's gets... another guy though who's sincere. I think he's. I think. I, I think. Yeah. He's, I think he's. Yeah. There's a little. Bit I know of a, exactly what you're talking about. There's a little bit of like a mental flat line yeah. going on there sometimes, but I think he's sincere. But he <laughs> does like there's scenes in the happening. There's a scene at the end where he's walking down the street, and I think he finds out something about his wife that's like good news. And just the scene of he's like wearing super white sneakers and like baggy jeans, and he just looks like. A simpleton. He just he just looks like a simpleton walking. <laughs> Something about his walk and his carriage. It's like there's and his blank stare. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg is when used for comedy. 
I think that he is... He's, there's something perfect about him. But when in this type of story where he's supposed to be like yeah. the brilliant science teacher or the the smart guy who's helping people out, it just was bizarre. You don't buy it. Because no, especially because buy. everybody no. thinks out loud in an M. Night Shyamalan movie anyway. Everyone Anything thinks out loud. Anything where he plays a well, that, that's That just goes back to yeah. what he was saying. Like, you can't not say it out loud because there's a chance somebody in the audience might not get it. Yeah. Right. You know what so I mean? He's going to have to explain it to yeah. you. He's yeah. going to have to unwrap those gifts for you right in front of you. And that's coupled, though, with moments where, like, <laughs> there's. A bastard. John Leguizamo's character in that, the last time we see him, it cuts away right as he's doing something gruesome yes. and awful yes. and, and, and sad. And, like, I feel like that is what draws me in. To his movies is that I know there's gonna be there's gonna be a moment where I'm gonna be surprised at where he'll go. Yeah. There will be somebody who dies I didn't expect to die. There will be somebody who who um, who doesn't make it to the end in some way or another. Or turns out to, I mean it's like he he's not a guy. He doesn't seem to be working from like a cheesy template that's been spelled out by a lot of other right, filmmakers. Right, right, I really right. do think he and I like that he likes to work in genre. That's another thing that I enjoy is when a director gets huge and they still work with genre like i love sci-fi and horror films when they're kind of elevated to yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, next yeah, level yeah. so it's like there's certain things that that at his best he does that no one else is even trying to do yeah but the other stuff is just so much to wade through yep, i don't know yep yep interesting so we'll see what happens you know uh, yeah there's tons of stuff out there about him now I mean, he's he's back on the radar in a, in a in a better way than he's than he's been since the early 2000s and that's good to hear see what happens next i mean who knows what the guy will do there's been a lot of rumors about like Unbreakable sequel coming up, oh, wow. and 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 that's been rumored for a while. But... I mean, of all his movies, that's yeah. the one yeah. that that maybe could do it, and I would love to see. He should just hire Patton Oswalt to do it to write it. Well, oh, I God, didn't like cool. his treatment though. <laughs> I thought his treatment sounded too too. Much. He also did it in like ten seconds. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So... Right. No, but I'm just saying like that. Maybe like, he could hash it out. But I believe I there's more to do with those characters. But I, the Unbreakable is a movie that I really adore in a lot of ways. But I really do think that ending. The attempt to end on a on a beat of shocking so, you, yeah. and then having the the way the text comes up. If they just didn't have the text come up on the screen, I think I would have liked that movie so much more. I think I know a shot that I loved. Oh, okay. Which one? When Samuel Jackson is being pushed in the wheelchair and he mm. keeps stopping it. Yeah. That's, oh, and it's like, and he, or, like, or he like puts his foot out. <laughs> yeah. And the thing. Yeah. Oh, there's another scene in that when when he's a kid. And that whole shot is through the television tube. Yeah. The oh, front of the TV yeah, yeah. screen with his mom when he's like a little kid. Man. That's a great shot, too. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I know really the scene it. you're talking about. That is really good. Yeah. He's, he's just like giving up. Yeah. His yeah. like, like, face is like, fuck. He's kind of bumping along. Yeah. 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 Now, Samuel L. Jackson is really good in that. Yeah. That's back yes. when he still tried. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Cool. So yeah, go check out the, the, the visit. I, th- I think we're theaters. saying, yeah. I mean, I think Definitely. with, with the caveat, if you, but if you like horror. And you, especially if you like going to see a movie and just having a few jumps and like laughing and 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 kind of laughing with and at a movie while it's kind of creeping you out. Yeah, I think this is the kind of film that people have fun seeing. Absolutely, Definitely. absolutely. So I guess we're suggesting that you visit the theater. <laughs> there they are. There they are. Um, you guys can hit us up on moviesmovie.com, Facebook page, facebook.com/moviesmovie, and uh, like us on iTunes and visit. Our iTunes page for reviews. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, until next time, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. And as always, you've made our day. Bye. Where's the beep? Yeah, hold on a second. (laughs) It's not over. Now it's over. (laughs) This is where the scroll comes up and explains (laughs) it really is over. Right. John, Ronald, and Steve went their separate ways. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Shyamalan scroll right there. Shut the fuck up.